Hi, I'm Mark Renner. This is Victory Over Sin. Saturday morning to you. My name is Mark Rennick. This is Victory Over Sin. The first part of the program, we attempt to share with you who we are, who funds us, and what we're attempting to do. Victory Over Sin is actually funded by an advocacy arm of the St. Vincent de Paul Southwest Idaho uh, Associate Council here in the Treasure Valley. And what we attempt to do is to educate you, the Idahoan, about what it's like to be incarcerated and to come out of incarceration and live on parole in the Treasure Valley. We do that in several different ways. One of those is this radio show, which has been going now for almost five years. Uh, and it, what we try to do is bring people on who have been in the system, been out of the system, who support people who've been in the system. There's been politicians, senators, uh, national leaders, heads of the Department of Corrections, other state agencies, basically anybody who is working to help people coming out of incarceration. We like to have them on and share their insights and how we all work together here in Idaho. If you go back to the archives of KBXL, you can see under Victory Over Sin all those previous shows. And we'd like to think it's a very good body of work to understand people who have uh, been in the system and the issues they're facing. Uh, you might check that out when you get a piece of, when you have some time. Uh, we're proud of it, and that's why it's listed in the archives. In addition to that, I think pre-COVID, we had a PowerPoint presentation that we still have that we would bring out to your business, to your church, or to your individual group if you wished, and we would show that PowerPoint for about 20 minutes and talk about how to live on parole here in the state of Idaho. The great thing about that is that it's delivered by a person who's a returning citizen themselves. And so after that, they're able to answer questions. That might be a project that we hope to get back soon at some point in time, but we keep extending this COVID stuff and uh, restricting visits. So hopefully we'll do that soon, but we're looking forward to doing that in the future. If you've been listening to me in the past few months, you certainly know that uh, the issues at St. Vincent de Paul, the reentry program have changed tremendously. We're growing kind of by leaps and bounds, and we're going to talk a little bit about that today with our guest. But we now have an office at 3217 Overland Road for those first day out. This week we painted the building, so it's a beautiful new color and looking sharp. Uh, we also have an office in um, the Caldwell area now that's located inside Probation and Parole District 3, and that's in, on Cleveland Boulevard. I think it's 3110 uh, West Cleveland Boulevard. Uh, we're actually in the facility there. That location is manned 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. So if you're looking for services in the Canyon County area, that's the place to go and just go into the lobby and say, let me talk to somebody from St. Vincent de Paul about reentry, and you'll get directed back there. Uh, we also are in a situation where if you're listening to us in the desert, per se, and you need a ride from incarceration, we're happy to do that also. Uh, talk to your case manager and have your case manager uh, contact us at prison pickups at svdpid. 
org, and we'll be happy to actually pick you up, bring you to one of the offices, and kind of take you around that first day or two, depending on what is needed for you. All these services can be defined as under the St. Vincent de Paul website, which is www.svdpid.org. It's a pretty extensive website. As you click on reentry, you can find out all the work we do. One of the things we're most excited about is what we're going to talk about today is a program funded through Recovery Idaho and the Department of Health and Welfare that we tentatively are calling Recon, but it allows a recovery coach to walk with you for a six-month period just out of incarceration, provide you with support and uh, insights as to as you come back into the system. We're going to talk to our newest recovery coach from from, uh, St. Vincent de Paul here in just a minute. We'll be right back. The Idaho Justice Project is a new statewide nonpartisan organization to improve Idaho's justice system. Idaho has the third highest rate of people under corrective control in the entire country. Idaho's jails and prison are beyond capacity, but most are there for nonviolent crimes like drug addiction or probation and parole violations. The Idaho Department of Corrections spent over $309 million in 2020. 37% of people released from prison in 2016 reoffended within three years. 62% of Idaho's yearly prison admissions are for a probation or parole violation, the highest rate in the country. The average probation term in Idaho has grown by 109% since 2000. As of June 30, 2020, there were over 17,000 Idahoans on probation or parole. One out of every 38 adults is on probation in Idaho. For more information on how you can help and get involved with the Idaho Justice Project, go to 3217 West Overland Road, Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to noon, and ask for Mark. Okay, like I mentioned, I'm excited because we've been after, you're always trying to get good people to go to work for you, and we really got a coup, and we kind of pulled off who's sitting across from me at the table today. Sarah Hill is with us, and she's uh, certainly still with Chrysalis Women's Transitional Living, but she's now also a recovery coach for St. Vincent de Paul, Southwest Idaho's Recovery Services. So welcome, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, this is this is fun. Most people will know the voice and know what she does. She's kind of pretty well known in the Valley. Uh, we're very happy to have her energy with us on staff. It's exciting. Tell me a little bit about um, Sarah. Background, maybe where you're from, et cetera. Sure. Yeah, I was born and raised in Pocatello, and then um, I was a mom at a very young age, and so uh, we ended up moving, me and my boyfriend at the time, and uh, our our son, we all moved up here when I was 17 to start a life on our own, and I've been here ever since. Good deal. Yeah. So it's a that was a difference. Do you like Boise, I take it? Or? I love Boise. Yeah. You still have links to uh, Pocatello, or is there? Yeah, my dad still lives down there. Yeah, he's he's an engineer for the railroad down there. So okay, that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, the um, you also along the way got involved in the system also too because you want to talk about eight four nine eight zero or anything like that or how that happened or sure. Um, so I started drinking when I was thirteen. Um, so it was mostly alcohol up until about twenty two, and I got um, I had a toothache and. I, uh, my little boy's dad had passed away, uh, and then my grandma passed away two weeks later. And so the, uh, pain pills they prescribed me mixed with the alcohol, took the pain away, the emotional pain and, uh, the tooth pain. And I was hooked on 
pain pills at that point. Um, and then it got to the point where, you know, I, um, couldn't function without them. Uh, and then I switched over to meth. And so at that point, uh, I just kind of fell off the face of the earth. And, um, I, my first arrest was in 2006. Uh, pretty sure it was 2006. And I went into drug court which was an amazing program. I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about my addiction. I went back out and uh, drug use was not the same after <laughs> going through drug court. Um, so, but yeah, um, I ended up getting another charge in 2014. Thank God. Not the same because it, you had an appreciation for what it was, but you still went ahead and did it or? Uh, it wasn't the same because I did know a lot about, mm-hmm. you know, what it takes to stay sober and I had all the tools. I just didn't use them. Don't you, I, 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 um, I mean, I'm an alcoholic, so I can come at it from that perspective, but I've the, um, addiction to methamphetamines, understandably it was one of the strongest addictions to get out of your brain in terms of, you know, the endorphins and all that stuff kicking around. I understand it's a year almost. Is that something that you experienced or was it harder because of the methamphetamine or? Um, I think for me, it was uh, the people mm-hmm. I was continuing to hang around with. Um, I had been in, it took me two years to graduate drug court. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it usually takes someone 13 months. That's what it was like when, but yeah, I, um, it took me a while to uh, settle down and really take drug court serious but I didn't cut off those ties and um, I started. Yeah. Yeah. So much of who you um, hang around with is who you are really. So it's kind of the work we do when we're, we pick somebody up from incarceration. It's always, always use the story of somebody sitting on the outside, outside of Jackson's on the curb, if you will. If somebody like us picks him up, he goes a direction. If the old people pick him up, he goes a different direction. So, so much of it is who you hang around with. And that's very difficult for people uh, to comprehend and to wrap their head around right away. Yeah, for sure. So how did you uh, link up? Because I know you were, when I met you, you were very strong in uh, Boise Vineyard and Celebrate Recovery. How did that connection hit for you? Uh, well, so in 2006, when I was in drug court, I was at Chrysalis. Um, I'd been at Chrysalis a lot of times before I finally got it. But anyways, I, they were, it was a requirement to go to celebrate recovery at that time. Um, and so I was just a participant. I really wasn't taking anything serious though. Um, and, uh, but I did see something in the leaders at that time. It was like this sparkle in their eyes. And I just thought I want what they have. I just really didn't know how to do it. And a lot of, uh, a part of the piece that was missing for me was the spiritual aspect of recovery as well. Um, so I think that had a part to do with um, the whole drug court thing and, and not getting involved with celebrate recovery when, when I could have um, started earlier. But um, so then when I went to prison, I went to honor writer um, and there were some ladies that would come up that were from celebrate recovery and actually had been a coach at Chrysalis at one time. They did a program up there through the, for the vineyard. It wasn't for celebrate recovery, but I just knew that, you know, that was the place I was going to go when I got out. And so as soon as I got out, I started going to celebrate recovery there and I went through a 12 step and, um, became a leader right after that 12 step. So yeah, I, is there a, sp- a point that you can articulate or kind of conceive of when it really changed for you? Is it a 
specific instant recovery or, yeah in terms recovery. of recovery or connection that connection where the spiritual aspect the relationship with say jesus christ made sense is there one of those moments if you will uh, that's easily or is it a was it a and what was it for you oh well so it started in 2007 i had um absconded from drug court at this time but i had a friend who had um, a spiritual background. Her dad had been a pastor at one time and we started talking about God and I, we were both using, but she, God used her in that spot, uh, at that time. And, you know, she, I said, I don't hear God. I hear, I don't hear from God. I don't, people say these things. And anyway, I was comparing my relationship with him by looking at other people's. So she said, you just have to listen to him. Well, I remember walking outside. It was mid, it was really cold outside. And um, I just asked God, show me if you're there, I need you to talk to me. And it started at that point. That was kind of like the um, where I can remember um, knowing that there was I, I I felt like there was a connection there at that time that I was seeking. Um, but it wasn't until 2014 when I um, was running from the law and I was pretty close to death. I was really sick. Um, and I had just decided this is it. I'm done. I'm not, I'm going to die this way. It's my fate. I'm tired of trying to get sober. And, um, I had said, God, you know, you got to help me out of this cause I can't do it on my own. That was the only way it was going to happen is divine intervention. And I was sitting there listening to a, um, secular playlist on my Spotify and, uh, this song came on. I'm sure I put it on there somehow, some way, but God's timing was perfect. I'd never heard the song before, but I knew who Mercy Me was. And it was the song called Beautiful. And I sa- it was just like the Holy Spirit sat me down and said, you need to listen to this song. And it and the part that stuck out was, um, uh, you're more than what's hurting you tonight. Um, you're, you were made for more than this. Um, and so that was like, I knew God had spoke to me at that time. And so I called a sober friend and they picked me up and I slept at their house for five days and then they dropped me off at the jail and I turned myself in and I've been sober ever since. Good for you. Good for you. So, yeah. See, that's a great story. I think that's, uh, it's those, we are our stories. And I think we, as you tell those stories and people are listening to the people you're working with, I would think in particular, they need those kinds of examples in their life so that they can take that chance to walk forward and, and be courageous because it's different for everybody, obviously, but those are the things we almost need to talk about as we go forward. It's not so much, you know, the standard sort of recovery capital stuff that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. A lot of times it's becoming credible enough to tell a story like that. Would you agree with that? Or? Yeah. And one thing that I would say is that, uh, now looking back, God spoke to me so many times before that day. Mm-hmm. Um, and, if I would have really taken it in as God loved me and uh, just the way I was at that time, I probably would have really believed that it was him. Uh, But it wasn't until that point that I did. So if you're out there and you're, and you're thinking that whatever it is that you just felt from something, some type of love, which is Jesus, then, you know, take it in as it's, it's from him. It's from him. He's there for you. I think we spend uh, most of our lives attempting to, uh, clarify how, how to recognize that voice and how to live that voice. And whether sometimes it's for me, it's like, you, you can't really want me to do that. So yeah. it's, uh, but those are the things that you, you have to get used to doing and you get better at it over time, obviously, I would think. Uh, so it's just a matter of doing it. And um, it's certainly not easy, but it's something that's exciting and uh, rewarding and 
you know, I, I would you would probably contend better than any high you had before. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. You also, I always watched, uh, I liked watching as you posted because you, you were, you became a leader in CR. And so you got to go to a lot of the stuff in, mostly you went to Southern California, right to Saddleback? Yeah. What, what were those like? What was those like? They were absolutely amazing. Um, so it's kind of funny because we did a class at Chrysalis the other night with a lady and she wanted us to write down the most happiest time in our life. And so I was sitting there thinking and I thought, man, I should put down the birth of my children because that was very happy. But at the time I didn't know the Lord. And so I was still a lost person. And uh, so, yeah, those were very happy, happy times for me. Um but I honestly, when I had found the Lord and I had this sobriety for over a year outside of prison and jail and going to the Celebrate Recovery Summit for the first time, that was the happiest time in my life. Just being completely free and being around a bunch of people that are in recovery uh, with the same higher power, um, it was just amazing. And being there with my family from Celebrate Recovery. Yeah, I think because there was a... There's always a photo that I have. I have it someplace. I got tons of photos on my computer and stuff. But there's a picture of you at the beach, oh, yeah. and you look just so elated. And that was uh, that was always that was my image of Sarah way back then. So I, you could tell that something was special going on. Yeah. The the thing also, let's, what I'd like to talk about too is, um, I mean, I've known you on a on a peripheral kind of interaction, and then now you since you've come to work for us. You're reinforcing something I always thought you had, and I saw it again yesterday. Uh, you have a just a particular gift to inspire and to challenge people in a way that is so non-threatening and so um, engaging that I, I just love it. And I'm I'm so happy you're on staff. I saw it yesterday. Um, is that something you're conscious of, or you know that that's a skill because you've risen up with Chrysalis? You've you've reached Marsha, working strongly with Marsha and expanding the horizons and helping them get. Is that something you're aware of that you do or are you knowledgeable about it? Um, well, I just really appreciate that compliment, but I don't think that's ever really been something that's been brought up as like a gift of mine. So thank you. No, I think it's a really, not many people have it, but you can take, I mean, I can already tell what people don't know is that uh, the staff that she works with now is, uh, let's say it's an eclectic group of people with diverse personalities. And she's the first person to come in and say, well, you know, I like that person. Sure, I like that person. And she just, she blends with everybody who are a vast difference in vast back, different backgrounds. And she finds that good quality in people. And it happened yesterday in a kind of like a, a meeting where I was, where we were, where we were. And it just really reinforced that in a strong, strong way. So that's, congratulations for that. That's neat. Thanks. She's going to be a recovery coach for us in that program that we addressed in the opening. And uh, you went through the training with uh, the Recovery Idaho guys that, that was held at drug court, what, three months ago or something like that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What was that like? It was great. Uh, um, yeah, I'd heard about it through the drug court. I, they're on my, I'm on their Facebook page, and so I heard about it, and uh, it sounded really, really interesting. And so when I went through the, the training, I just every single day was like an absolute new mind-blowing thing where it was just a really, um, it's a different approach to helping people, and it's exactly what I was looking for is in a way to help somebody without there being a power differential or um, – you know, just helping somebody find their recovery path. And if I would have had that at the many a times that I was released from jail uh, before drug court, then I probably, it, it would have really helped me in my success, probably. 
Yeah. And so for those of you who don't know, recovery coach is actually, uh, <coughs> excuse me, uh, the definition would be it's certainly not a mentor. It's not a sponsor. It's somebody with real life experience that can walk with somebody, kind of offer suggestion, build up recovery capital. It can be anything from helping with a resume to linking them with how to find X, Y, and Z that they need in their life and in their recovery and be, you know, a companion as they go forward. And it just, it is a great concept that uh, the department at the state of Idaho has taken on. You can actually become uh, credentialed in it. Uh, If you need some information about how to do that, you should reach out to uh, myself or look it up in the department of health and welfare. I'll let you know where the trainings are, but we're fortunate to have it. And I think it's an understatement to say that there are a lot of people who have gone through the training, but there it's a very, difficult job to do and it's very hard to find quality people so Sarah and I are lucky to have uh, five actually very very talented people who are doing that for us now and she's now a part of that team you because you've only been a couple of weeks do you envision it being a difficult role to develop or what's your insights for after being here for a while um, so, you know, I hear different stories from other recovery coaches saying, you know, it is difficult and it's heartbreaking sometimes um, but I kind of have that uh, just being at Chrysalis for a while and seeing um, some women just come and go and, you know, you have this hope for them and uh, sometimes they just don't get it. Uh, I think I've kind of maybe desensitized myself to that, to where I know that, um, you know, I just wouldn't, I don't know how to explain it. I just feel like um, I've had a little bit of experience as far as like that, that downside of it, like really wishing and hoping for somebody you can't do somebody else's recovery for them. So, but you know, it's still a a seed that's planted no matter what, you know, even if they're with you for one hour, there's still a seed that's been planted and somebody else will see it grow. Hopefully. Well, I think I'm a, I think you would be too strong believer in that God puts us in a spot where we're, that we're actually ready for. And again, we're very fortunate to have people on staff who are in that spe- specific range. And because we're St. Vincent Paul, it's it's certainly a Christian-based organization. So it's not something we push, but it gives you the heart, if you will, to be a little patient, to understand, and to uh, show a an example of a life that others can want to emulate. And I think that's what you'll do. And I think that's what our guys are going to do. And I'm sure that's why the program is going to be successful. It's kind of exciting to kind of have you on that and uh, go forward. I'm, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's, it's, it's been doing this for a while. And now that we've got this new team together, it's like I've got this new energy for uh, the work we do because it's going to be in Canyon County. It's going to be in Ada County. And uh, it's going to be great to see how it all develops, if you will. Yeah. I feel the same way. It's yeah. exciting. Because what Sarah will find out is my style is not necessarily to say, uh, this is what you have to do and do it that way. It's to give the power back to the recovery coach, those that, so that when Sarah's working with you, that she sees what's needed in that particular person, that client, if you will. And then she presents that to us as a group. And we work together to kind of come up with the insights, if you will, for what's needed and offer support and backup, but ultimately it's her call as to how we go forward, whether we support them in a certain way or another way, and it's going to be fun. For sure. Yeah. And with that, I think we're excited about building this kind of team for the future, if you will. We now have a location uh, where we see people in Canyon County, and we're in Ada County now, so we're excited about doing all that. And our employment person's coming back. She's had a 
death in the family. So she'll be back. So we'll have employment and we'll have this new addiction program. Uh, I'm really looking forward to what's going on in the future. Um, Talk to me about the transition, if you will, from Chrysalis to us and how you see that and what do you see for the future for you? Yeah, well, there's been a lot of changes at Chrysalis. Um, So we have a new house that we're hoping to buy. And um, so actually our offices are moving over there. And I'm actually, I moved out of my apartment and moved into this house to be a house manager. Um, I just felt like God was calling me to that. He opened the door at the perfect time. And so I work from home for Chrysalis right now. So um, I'm doing part-time and part-time uh, and eventually what I would like to do is uh, go full time with St. Vincent and be a volunteer for Chrysalis yeah. so I, th- I can give back to them because they've given a lot to me. And yeah, I think uh, if you don't know Chrysalis over time, it seems like that is something that uh, the people who do go through graduate who actually change that heart, uh, go on and live these very, very productive lives. That's the. Uh, it seems like that's the modus operandi. Everybody does that. Those people are spread throughout the state. So they go on and they come back and they keep in touch. It's really a, a nice base of support, if you will. Yeah. yeah. I can think of people across the state. So that's kind of cool. We like to, you got a, well, I guess this is going to air after the, you had a golf tournament yesterday. Hopefully it was very, very successful. And you're, I, I would tell you she's all tan, but we're taping it the day before. <laughs> so hopefully that was a super success. But uh, yeah, you can reach out to Chrysalis and find out what they're going on too. If you're in a situation where you're a female looking for housing, right? Okay. Anything else you want to add before we close today? I'm just super excited about this. I'm so grateful for St. Vincent for um, giving me this opportunity. And I'm just really, I can't wait to see what, what happens. Well, like I said, I, I can speak for St. Vincent Paul and me. We were, uh, we find it quite the coup that we were able to uh, get you involved and uh, hopefully plan a future with you in it. So we're excited about that. Uh, we're looking and we're looking forward to all sorts of new excitements uh, for the fall and the coming year. Thank you for being with me. Yeah, thanks. Okay. Through Jesus, there's victory. All the chains that were holding me kept me locked in captivity. Have been broken by grace so free. When He poured out His cleansing motivated by his great love give me faith i need to rise above and sing a song of how i've overcome i've got victory over sin bringing peace to the fight within give me strength i need to start again i've got victory over sin Okay, so you can tell I get lucky every once in a while. I really do have some quality staff now. If you're wanting to get in touch with me about anything that Sarah talked about or about uh, recovery coaching and the programs we have, I'm pretty easy to reach. You can reach me at www.systemicchangeofid.com. You can write me an email at systemicchangeofidaho. It's all spelled out there at gmail.com. Uh, Facebook, we're on Systemic Change of ID. Instagram, Systemic Change of ID. You can even call us on the phone if you want to at area code 208-477-1006. Look forward to talking to you next Saturday afternoon on Victory Over Sin.